Some cults are good, most cults are bad, but I'll tell you what really makes me sad. I can't decide which cult to join. If only there were a podcast out there to rank all the cults using some sort of bracket system like they do for basketball playoffs for college teams. It's madness, madness. Happy, Happy New Year! Woo! Happy but New Year! More importantly... Oh, oh. Oh. What could it be this more important gonna, than a Happy uh, New Year? Oh, Very boy. It's going to be long. So okay, okay, wait. Anniversary Madness Madness or Happy Birthday Madness and Madness. Happy birthday. Happy first it's anniversary birthday. birthday. Madness Madness. And all you lifestylers out there. All you lifestylers who've been with us since the beginning. Since the beginning. Brian is legit pouring bubbly into my cup right now. It's from the Trader Joe's region of Oklahoma Ooh. City, so you know it's authentic. Ooh, that's right on the edge of Nichols Hill. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. quality, high quality. This is yeah. this is Michael's bubbly. <laughs> 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 Ham and bubbly. Ham and bubbly. Oh. His eyes went black. Yes. He grabbed my wee wee. wee wee wee. Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. It is. One. It is happy birthday anniversary. It is happy birthday, David Bowie and Elvis. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. uh-huh. Happy birthday to them. Happy yeah. birthday to two fine fellows. Happy New Year. Who gave us musical memories of all sorts. Uh-huh. That was Aaron's first concert. David Bowie. David was Bowie. My first concert. His greatest hits tour. We went to the Starplex in Dallas. It was. I was in eighth grade. Yeah. I was always doing things on the weekends that when I got back from school. It was like, what did you do? It's like, well, I got fingered at Funscape. What did you do? And I was like, I went to Dallas and saw David Bowie. And they're like, what? <laughs> okay, here we go. All, All right, right, I'm leaning forward over clink, the microphone. Cheers. Cheers. Clink, 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 clink. Mm, this drink's for you, y'all. Mm. Mm. Ooh, that's better than you think. It Ooh. is. From Trader Joe's. It's because it's dry. <laughs> it is dry. It's not sweet. Ugh. That's the and worst. I didn't realize that until Nate brought some over last weekend, and he's like, "It's dry as hell." And I was like, like "What? Really?" But yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is way better. This is this is quite nice. This is quite nice." Usually, it's like the sparkling cider that Ace enjoys for <laughs> cloying. Like New Year's. Oh Christmas. God, cloying, cloying. Mm-hmm. That stuff is the worst. Uh, pardon me, I'm. Mm. I have bubbly burps. I know we're all going to be all like. Fizzy lifting drinks all Fizzy lifting all drinks all night. Show. Long. I know. That's okay because you know what? It's cold and gross outside. I'm happy to be in here. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. I would uh, love to be able to make somebody like suddenly gives us a million dollars to make this podcast, so I don't have to go back into my germ pit of an elementary school. But I yeah. love them anyway. Yay! So, you know, here we are. They uh, all miss me. <laughs> of course they do. Miss Clay, Miss Clay. Super fun. They are. Um. What was I going to say? That. God, I can't even think of anything. Oh, okay. I have some updates. Okay, and I have some viewer mail, so go. Okay. One of my updates is that um, our friend on Twitter, Educo Firebird, who yes. is fighting the good fight, fight. Educo Firebird. Oh, hell yeah. Firebird at Twitter. Who. <clears throat> dot com. No. <laughs> yeah, Twitter backslash bashlax. <laughs> madness, madness. Semicolon, Educo. Um, they mm-hmm. have been fighting the good fight, and um, one of the things that they told me mm-hmm. that is mentioned on the show is for someone like this, he has a suspiciously thin 
Wikipedia page. Ooh, well, not anymore. Edgeco Firebird has nice. been tackling ooh, the, the dearth of the information. Wikipedia page got pushed back mm-hmm. from like the crazy cult leaders. <laughs> crazies got pushed back and then was like, I'm sorry. Here are the fucking, you know, side my sources. Uh huh. Cite sources and then even told me that um, they got the, uh, they went to the National Library of Ireland. Oh, nice. And the librarians there helped them find more. Oh, oh, cool. Like articles and stuff like that. And so, yeah. It's really cool. Here's our podcast doing some good. Erin and her Educo. Educo. Mm -hmm. And um, so, good job, Educo Firebird. Good job. Keep up the good work. Yes, fight that good fight. And drive that firebird. Drive that firebird. <laughs> and drive that firebird. Don't make us take your firebird. Team, I assume okay? that I you imagined yourself driving a firebird, and then that's how you got the firebird. <laughs> and then you were like, Educo was bad, but this car is really but sweet. But worth a bump. Okay. The things on the hood. The, the, the T-tops. T-tops. The T-tops, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. There was the firebird on the hood. Mm. Um, Burt Reynolds. And flaming Burt Reynolds head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the other thing is about um, SRAs. Oh, I also have some SRAs here. Well, my... this this comes from that. Okay, so cool. I'm going to read my letter, and then we'll go back to your SRAs. Are you going to yes. read the letter? No, you read okay. the letter. I will read our letter, and then we'll go back to SRAs. Last episode, I talked about doing SRAs, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we got this helpful email from a listener. Uh, Jenny B. Helpful and delightful email. <laughs> Jenny B., uh, also a librarian. Oh, I was going to say, but my sister. Your sister, <laughs> secretly. It was so rude, and she signed her name. I mean, <laughs> Jennifer Marie Hearn. <laughs> MD. MDO. MD. Oh, D-O, yeah. So, Fucking MD. No, they're fine. Denny has to say, I hope next year brings us a little less actual madness, but lots of madness, madness, madness. I can't say for the first part of that sentence, but the second part, yes. you will be getting madness. <clears throat> she says, I'm listening to the latest episode only halfway through, but I immediately had to pause and email you because, can you guess? SRAs. That's right. And she said, insert digression here where you can explain what an SRA is to your listeners who aren't librarians of a certain age. <laughs> or who are not, you or know, like, Americans. Americans yeah, of a certain age. School children SR, of a certain was it like age. student reading oh, I'm assessment? About, I'm okay. A, I've got it. Okay, so. here we go. She said, I hadn't thought about those for a long time, and I was looking around to find some examples of SRA reading selections and came across one about Captain Cook. Yes. Which has <laughs> an inspiring final paragraph. Captain James Cook made many more trips. He sailed to more new lands. He did many great things, but the best thing he did was to find Australia. Hey, ta-da! Triumph of selective reporting. Original copyright <laughs> 1973, but in 1990 wow. it was reissued and still seemed fine. Uh, well, well, okay. Yeah. We were all still pretty stupid in Turns 1990. out that the 90s were a wilder time than we realized. That we did not know. It was so good. I honest to God remember at one point watching some sort of TV show mm-hmm. and just thinking... You know, the 60s and the 70s and the 80s have such distinctive fashions, and these just don't look like anything. I bet in the future we won't know, like, that's the 90s. Little oh, did we know. incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> Is it partially gauzy, partially jewel-toned? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it a bejeweled bra top with biker shorts and massive socks and some British Knights sneakers? <laughs> Is it a Keith Haring t-shirt? <laughs> Is it a primary colored, top-to-toe, gerbeau dude outfit uh-huh. that's perfectly ironed and and fully, fully flowy. Is it from units? <laughs> uh, units. Is it a Keith Haring vest? <laughs> Is it Keith Haring? Is it Keith Haring? Is it Keith Haring? No, he was dead by the 90s, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah so. by the very late 80s. That sucks. I remember hearing that on the radio 
Uh, on NPR, on the radio, in the apartment I shared with Dad, where mm-hmm. I also heard the same radio announcement of the death of Jim Henson and Sammy Davis Jr., who both died was on probably the same Bob day. Edwards. Probably. <laughs> probably was, yeah, yeah. Remember when Jim Henson and Jimi Hendrix... Uh, no, that wasn't Jimmy. I'm, you just said something that was <laughs> Sammy not... Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr., wow. Yeah. I would we, love him. Jim and Jimmy, man. I hope they teamed up on something. <laughs> exactly. Okay, but no, we're, <laughs> and go back to SRA. Bringing it back around to SRAs. Oh, it's me now. Yeah, I it's think you it's you. Okay. <laughs> I finished I my that, paragraph. Sozzles. I believe that's your job. <laughs> okay, so I found, um, in looking up about SRA, I found a website called hackeducation.com. Hey. And this little <laughs> article was written um, on March 19th, 2015, by a lady named Audrey Waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excuse hey. me. Yeah. Champers. These champers. It's called SRA Cards, A History of Programmed Instruction and Personalization. Okay. And she writes her own personal ex- about her own personal experience with SRAs, uh-huh. um, which, you know, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Right. But what I'm going to say here is um, SRAs were developed by a man named, named Don Parker. Ooh. And um, in 19... 19- no, no, no. It, no, it was in the 30s. Okay. This description that I'm about to read comes from 1950. Okay. It says, Here I was facing 32 rural 7th graders not knowing what to do. It was necessity that started to hatch a plan in the back of my head. The school did not have money to buy new workbooks for every student, but I knew a series of 10 books that cost only a dollar each. And each book contained... Four, and each book contained 40 lessons. Mm, okay. There's actually a typo here. It says each book contained fourth lessons. I was like, I assume <laughs> that's 40. Um, the plan and work mes- methods of the lessons were pretty much alike across all levels. By cutting these books up into separate lessons and putting each lesson in a folder, I could let each student complete a folder and pass it on to the oh, student at that level. Okay. And the next day, another student could use the same folder. And if the written work were done on separate pieces of papers, the folders would all always be reusable right being ignorant of what a teacher should do after all i was a <laughs> psychologist it, i didn't correct the student's work instead i made keys and so they could e- correct their own work each day mm. and of course i had to put all that stuff in something so i found an o- old tomato box to avoid <laughs> embarrassing anyone i didn't designate the levels by grade numbers but instead a colored a band around uh-huh, the edge of each uh-huh. folder. And so the students would say, I'm working green or orange, orange. or purple. Mm-hmm. And there were 10 color-coded levels. To give students still more responsibility for their learning, I had each one keep a chart of his or her daily progress. And when the chart showed that the student was maintaining high enough comprehension, vocabulary, and word analysis scores, it was time to move up to a higher level. Hey! And so he developed it in the 30s, but in 1955, he pitched it to the multi-level reading Pitch the multi-level reading product to Science Research Associates, SRA, a small Chicago-based publishing company founded by Lyle Spencer in 1938 that produced primary aptitude and vocational tests. And so, yeah, they took it and it was, and they bought it for, and published it for schools in 1957 at the suggested sale price of $39.95 per box. Okay. Um, IBM bought SRA in 1964, and then um, it became a part of Macmillan McGraw-Hill. McGraw-Hill. Okay. Which is a, which are like the textbook right. book the, publishers the textbook in the United Macmillan, States. Macmillan, McGraw-Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, very cool. And so, 
been your SRA minute. That's been your SRA minute. So and now you're going to have a, a multiple choice question about it. SRAs exactly. were developed in... <laughs> A. Bitch, so, I should have. Oh. And there's a little picture of an SRA that's done in like sepia line drawing with black oh, yeah. called The Man Who Created Tarzan. Oh, nice. Yes, I, that's exactly what they look like. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Oh, cool. Yeah, put that on the Insta. Yeah. I am. Um, you know that part where like, you know, you sort of do the SRAs in your own time and you're responsible for your own learning? Mm-hmm. That's really great if it works. And, and um, Hey, Brian, cheers. Hey, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that it doesn't always work. Yeah. <laughs> because of the discussion I would have to have at the end of, you know, every uh, every quarter with my uh, English or social studies teacher <laughs> like Brian, uh, Brian, you were supposed to have been doing these all semester, all mm-hmm. quarter long. Does this sound uh, at all I was going to say, this Aaron? sounds similar to my marriage. So oh, I can only assume no. that those commie teachers did not teach my husband hard enough oh, to get his work done. Damn it. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was thinking Henry better. <laughs> Ouch. No. Uh, I tell you my... Um, <laughs> My teacher, well, okay, this was when I was in third grade, which is the last time I remember SRAs being in my space, mm-hmm. 1976, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and we had uh, our teacher, and then the reading groups would be sent next door to the other teacher, I don't know, just for like funsies, and so the teachers would flip-flop their reading groups. Yeah, And the other teacher was uh, referred to herself as an old maid. <laughs> she was. She looked kind of like the teacher in A Christmas Story. Uh huh. Yeah. Except Only she actually Bartlesville, nineteen seventy eight. She actually looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> She'd been wearing these same teacher dresses since <laughs> the Depression. <laughs> and uh, I remember her. I remember that her class had to recite the Ten Commandments every morning because we could hear them through the wall. Anyway, oh. she did not accept my. <laughs> I thought brilliant alternate proposal, which was when I went to the SRA box, did the last card perfectly, brought it to her and said, so can I not do the rest of them since I did the last one? And I, no. So guess what I did? Got zero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. I sure showed you. Showed you. I'll just fail third grade. I don't care. <laughs> no, meanwhile, I was like, I'm going to plow through every fucking one of, these every one of these first. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's Aaron. my Aries misses coming That's through. Right. And me, I'm like, I'm reading another book. <laughs> You're done. It's like four weeks into the semester. And like, are there any more of these? <laughs> That's right. She had to open an, another box. And she was <laughs> super Bershon about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to call IBM. It's like, can we get some more cards over here? <laughs> they had another box, like the next level, and which is probably right. like the sixth grade level. or like, like, Right to the middle school and get their SRA I card. know. <laughs> so um, the next paragraph says, anyway, since you mentioned kava, I also wanted to tell you I have <clears> tried it. Oh, my God. We have a kava bar in my super hipster on a list of most hipster neighborhoods neighborhood. No bar. Oh, and shit. one time my friend and I went there. Ooh, it good. does not taste good, but I had the best night of sleep of my entire life. <laughs> well, it's said to, it's called like bitter fucking roots uh-huh. and that make you throw up. I think that's the Aw, and she said, on the other hand, my sister-in-law, who she's converted to Madness Madison, is also named Erin. Hey. Tried it in Fiji, and it made her throw up real bad. (laughs) I was disappointed to hear that she'd bought it dried at the grocery store rather than have a preteen chew it up and spit it out for her, but I guess these are the modern times. Well, it has to get packaged somehow. Somehow. Okay. And she also says... Can you pick out your (laughs) preteen? 
Uh, she know many librarians who would love to listen to a screaming about James Patterson podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't. It, yeah. Yeah. Don't miss. Uh, I don't even own a television. Oh, yes. Screaming they, about James Patterson. They, yes, they have. That is a funny those podcast. Are, those are so good. Good fellas. She says, one good thing. We used to have multiple or topical book displays at the library. And when we were ever, we were between topics. We just throw up all the Jim Patterson's and call it the transitional Patterson. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's wonderful. That Thank wonderful. you so much. We got lots of fun uh, holiday from South African superfan Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Debbie. Is it summer down Hi. there? What's it like in South Africa right now? Other than uh, uh, tempestuous. T- oh, well, tempe- it's always tempestuous well, yeah. down there. I uh, I did. Oh, my God. How are you doing after De- Archbishop Desmond Tutu died? died. I don't Aww. know. We uh, did time zones and stuff this uh, week with my class. I blew their mind of the concept of time not... It's like, time is made up by people. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yep. But anyway. It's kind of based on the sun, but, you well, know. Days, months, and years are not, but everything else is a human construction. <laughs> yes. uh, and we did an around... I have, there's several books about, like, it's 6 o'clock in San Francisco. So oh. it's 7 o'clock in, and, right. Mm-hmm. And Cape Town was one of them. We had to oh. find Cape Town because it was, like, 2 in the afternoon in Cape Town. So, yeah. I thought it was super cool that whenever the Olympics were in Rio de Janeiro, uh-huh. it was basically just Eastern time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the women that I taught with, yes, one of the women that I taught with, um, who was from South Africa, said that she always thought it was really funny when she would fly home from London that it was like a fucking long ass flight, mm-hmm. but you were only an, like an hour ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're not I that love far. stuff like that. Yeah, it's like way south, but it's not all that far east. <laughs> like, does the jet lag work differently? It must work differently. It's You're, got to. Uh huh. You're going up and down. It's side, side to side. <laughs> back, front, back, and side to side. <laughs> Never let your jet lag ride. <laughs> That's that like the coolest <laughs> ass jet lag. Shit. <laughs> the coolest thing about the Concorde was that, like, if you were flying from Europe to New York, mm-hmm. from Paris to New York, like you you. You flew back in time. Yes. You arrived, like, before you left. Yes. It's amazing. I just remember on Live Aid Day when Phil Collins, like, performed in London and then took the Concorde and performed oh, at the Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. God, Phil, that's a good one. Blew everyone's minds. That was he could do that. He could do that. He's Phil Collins. He yeah. Phil Collins' people. Sweet <laughs> The walked we all. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I had a great Christmas. Hope everybody else had a great Christmas. Uh, lots of rent. Fun running around Stigstown. Yeah, mine sucked. Year. I was uh, sick all week. It, it really blew. I didn't have COVID. I did have a fever. <laughs> then I had um, some intestinal Gastrointestinal troubles. distress. We'll just say, Imodium is an amazing drug, and I cannot <laughs> recommend it enough. It just stops. You, you know, like, there's that... <laughs> stops Rich is dead. <laughs> Yeah, they were. I, I wish they'd been as solid as roaches. Oh, uh, Brian. Yeah, is that yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, but now it's the deuce deuce as we saw. It is. We're getting loose loose. It certainly the deuce, was. Deuce. We're watching busting loose in the deuce deuce. <laughs> <laughs> That's the orangutan one, right? It's one. It's one I'm of the. I'm gonna ride the caboose right? in the deuce deuce. We gotta plant a spruce goose in the deuce deuce. I'm going to fly the spruce goose in the deuce deuce. Going to land the spruce goose in the deuce deuce. <laughs> That's it, babies. And when you are here with us, 
whether you like it or not. Yay! <laughs> Yay! All right, Amanda. Got it. All right, so now I'm going to bring everybody down <clears throat> with some good old culty. We got some. We got some. Uh, uh, you're going to bring us down in the. <laughs> you're going to bring us down like Bruce. Bruce in the Deuce Deuce. 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 I know it's gr- I know it's Bruce, and I don't care. It's Bruce. <laughs> does Jeff Lynn. Jeff, it does Jeff Lynn. A genius. He's yeah. like, well, of course I say it now. I mean, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever I want. Say it now? It's kind of my fault for saying Bruce anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just what guy. did I think people were going to do with that? Just a guy named Bruce is just harsh on your vibe, man. That's right. <laughs> Fucking Bruce. Bring me down. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of bringing you down, Aaron, oh, God. what were you doing at 8.03 a.m. on April 19th, 1995? Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, yes, baby. We're staying home for this one. Oh, oh you are God. not. I know what you're doing. Holy okay, shit. I know what I was doing. I was asleep. Had, <laughs> you were in college? I was in college, and um, Melissa Barker came over and knocked on hey, Melissa. the bam, 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 opened the door, you know. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, turn on the TV, turn on the TV, black Muslims bombed Oklahoma City. Oh, my God. God. And I was like, What? what? And uh, so that was around 10. Oh, so you had been asleep for a while. I, well, you know, I had probably gotten home at 4. Yeah, and, well, I got class tomorrow at 11, so this I should be fine. I it's a 10 <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, but no black Muslims. No, it was no, not it black was Muslims. Not. It was, the they were neither black man. nor Muslim. Nope. <laughs> As we are about to find out. Uh, mm. Yes, I was teaching, and uh, another teacher, I was teaching in San Antonio in my little portable building classroom, and another teacher with whom I would go on to have an extreme scandalous affair the next year it was scandalous it was, you scandalous. Guys. It was already kind of getting started because she felt the need to leave her classroom and come out to my portable and knock on the door and say hey something happened at okc you should call your mom i'll watch your class <laughs> well that's that's just a thoughtful friend and what she was just a thoughtful friend at the time it wasn't until later <laughs> but anyway and yes and i went and called mom at her school mm-hmm. and she's like yeah we don't know what happened yet we don't know what happened mm-hmm. uh, and i said okay i'll call you back after school and i couldn't get through to oklahoma city for the next three days it was just a busy signal i also know oh. that at the time was when david worked i don't know what his actual job was but his office was at the school of science and math which is less than a mile away from saint anthony hospital right which is where which is the closest the hospital to downtown yes and said he was full in feeling the blast yeah he could feel it well mom said that she felt something and i had another friend said that they felt something and they thought a plane had crashed mom said she felt something and she thought it she said it brought her back to the air force base oh wow she thought it was a sonic boom oh kind of thing but then david heard it and then for the rest of the day it was sirens yeah just sirens and helicopters and shit yes so so oh i know where you're going you get a phone call from what about you brian what's it i was uh because you were the, in Tulsa uh, still, weren't you? No, no? I, okay. at that point I was uh, in the uh, the cafe of of the uh, at the student union at Phillips University in Enid, Oklahoma. Okay, America. Um, Enid, America. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I uh, I don't know. Probably made some fucking stupid joke about it because you know that's what a nineteen year old boy does. <laughs> and then later in the day, you're like, oh wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, yeah. Yes. I would just like to uh, mention as a side note that I lived in the Earl Butts dormitory. Uh, <laughs> and, Let's uh, anybody get too into their feelings. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Like Brian went back to his Earl twin Butts. bed in the Earl Butts dormitory. <laughs> Did you know? Like they, well, they, I don't know. It's probably too short for him. <laughs> no, listen, that's what is this is about. They asked if I wanted. 
They asked if I wanted an extended bed, and it was like, the fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> Is that a thing? It's amazing. Well, but like, it, yeah, it was like an 88 inch, 88 inch twin bed, uh-huh. and like, there were no sheet you couldn't really buy sheets for it so yeah. like my mom bought two sets of twin sheets and like sewed it into one oh, a, God, cu- that's awesome. a couple of times Thanks, so mom. like yeah yeah that's yeah. super awesome um i only know about the extra long twin bed because of david uh-huh oh so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he's six seven he's six yeah. seven i'm, I'm a mere six three <laughs> and um I, that he slept in, like, I think until he married our mom. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. He came into her house full of antique furniture and was immediately like, we've got to get a bigger bed. Yeah, no, they <laughs> they, did, slept on though, they had bed a double her? bed for, like, decades. The double bed with a huge headboard and huge footboard. I was like, how do you, how sleep, do you sleep on this bed, bed mom? And she's like, footboard. he just curls himself into a ball. <laughs> <laughs> now they have one of those, like, it takes up half of the... It's just a queen-size bed. And, yeah, no. It's uh, she's a, like, this thing is great. It's like, yeah, I bet David thinks it's great, great too. Because like, he can, like, does think it's great, lie down all the way and I it. moved in together. He's like, we're getting a queen-size bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So, yes. Um, I'm sorry. I just, like, I know what's coming. I know. Today, I am bringing you oh, Oklahoma's please. very own white supremacist terrorist uh, organization Slash cult. town. Uh, it's not a town. It's a private community. <laughs> Elohim City. Yes. Elohim. Elohim, which means God. Oh, oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's so godly. Elohim is a Elohim City is a private community. So right away you know you're in trouble. Uh-huh. This is like Gaylardia. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, kinda. In Adair County, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which I looked up, and it's in uh, eastern Oklahoma, and it's a catty corner pattern. Haskell County, where our family is from, uh-huh. then Sequoia, mm-hmm. and then Adair County, which is right on the Arkansas border. Is it in? Uh, okay, yes. yes. I was going to say McCurtain County. No, but. Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's a little catty corner from ours, our, our from Haskell, is- Haskell, Sequoia, and then Adair. So you know that we are in some deep, deep country. Yes. <laughs> Over that there. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah Northeastern yeah. Oklahoma. This is, like, Sa- this is Southeastern Oklahoma. Southeastern Oklahoma. Mid to Southeastern Oklahoma. Known as Little Dixie. Sasquatch yeah. country. Like for, for a reason. Uh, yeah. They were, they were country, really into the South. Weed country. Meth country. The Civil War. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember our Uncle David telling a story about just like going out driving and turning, he had to turn around and so he turned into this like private drive and then before he could back out, he could see that the um, <clears throat> trees were full of hanged dolls. Oh. And so our Uncle David, uh, who was armed at the time and not afraid of much, accelerated away yeah. as fast as he could. He, he would in later he just, years. just like, turned off the lights and quietly crept away. <laughs> he would in later years say, like, just don't go into McCurtain County without a gun. Yeah. Okay. So. No. It I was like, say, better yet, don't just don't go just into don't McCurtain go. County. <laughs> Adair County. Love that guy. Elohim City, a private community in Adair County. It has been called Love City, Hate City, (laughs) a nudist colony, and a cult. God, one of those turns out to be true. Uh, (laughs) Not the nudist colony. Yeah! Stories circulated that they built an underground bunker. They have uh, arsenals, tanks, and rocket missiles. Probably. Probably. It has been claimed that Tim McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, for mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't know what we were getting into before, is buried there. No, he's That's, not. This, no, he's not. Well, this is a... <laughs> okay, never what mind. Some people have claimed. Right. Uh, he has connections. To, he may not be he buried does. there, but he has connections, as we will see. Yes. Oh, yeah. And these things may or may not be true, but we do have a lot of facts. 
Go, go, go. The 400-acre rural retreat was founded in 1973 by a man named Robert G. Miller, who was Miller with an A, Miller, Mm. a Canadian immigrant, former Mennonite, once one of the most important leaders in Americans' Christian identity movement. And we're going to have to start off with a fucking sidebar about the Christian identity movement. Let's go. We're going to have a couple of... Horrifying white supremacist sidebars. Okay. okay. Just, just a couple. That's impressive, honestly, well, with, with this group. Sometimes I, it's like you ha- sometimes you have to put it in there because yeah. it's like such a huge part of the story. You're yeah, like, well, why like, are yeah. these people doing this? You're right. like, oh, you're like, yeah, okay. You, you because just- as you will see, they are, they are not a call. They're humble Christians living together. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But this good. is the Christianity that they follow. The Christian identity movement, often practiced by lone incels, roadside <laughs> churches, and some <laughs> prison gangs. Oh, God. Uh, it's not actually an organized religion. It's something that began in the ni- early 1900s among adherents of what was called British Israeliism. Oh, God. Oh, that doesn't I've sound heard good. of that. Like yes. in some, in, re- yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much in our research at this point, you're like, oh, him, I remember him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. British oh, yeah. British Israeliism. <laughs> I feel like, and I've like, I think I've like clicked on some Wikipedias and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's okay, just no, too much. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> I've, I've scooped a few of those into here. Mm-hmm. The British Israeliism is the pseudo archaeological belief that the people of the British Isles are a descendants of the ten tribes of Israel. Oh, sure. 12, 12, <laughs> and I am going to go on record here as saying being a lost tribe of Israel is right up there with, I was Cleopatra in a past life. It is. Everybody was yeah. like, well, we're one of the lost tribes of Israel. It's like, no, you're not. Well, yeah, so you're dude. from Adair County. You're from you're, Adair County. Well, the other I'm thing is... a lost is, tribe of Schenectady. Like, the history of, like, the world history of the Middle East and Britain uh-huh. is, like, goes so far back, like, straight up written down. You're yeah. like, no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> because here's, here's some, like... There of people records. who were there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here's some Roman records uh-huh. of what they were doing right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. British Israelism could be another sidebar, but just think of some anti-Semitic bullshit that's close enough. I still have a few anti-Semitic sidebars to go. Oh, I just God. had to make some decisions. Okay. <laughs> but Christian identity believes that Europeans are the chosen people mm-hmm. and Jews are not <laughs> white. <laughs> are the cursed offspring of Cain, who they believe they were a serpent hybrid. Uh, they believe serpent seed theology, which uh, says that Eve mated with the serpent also while in the Garden of Eden. This is where... Because women are whores after that apple-eating shit. Yeah. This is where the lizard people uh, anti-Semitic... Yep. 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 yep, yep, yep. Here's a quote. Two beings, Adam and Nachash, had intercourse with Eve, and she conceived and bore two chil- conceived from both and bore two children. Each followed that one of the male parents. Really happened, and their spirits parted, one to his side and one to the other. On the side of Cain are all the haunts of evil species, and from the side of Abel comes a more merciful class. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Good wine mixed with bad. Mm. Mm. All non-whites will either be eliminated or enslaved in order to serve the white race. Um, and the doctrine states that only Ad- Adamic people, mm-hmm. the sons of Adam, can achieve salvation and enter paradise. Just listening to how, you know, Eve had sex with Adam and then had sex with the snake and then had these two evil babies. I was like... Uh, one evil and one good. Yes, excuse me. It just sounds like, and I wish I could remember the whole myth now, but like at some point Loki is like in the form of a woman uh-huh. and then like gives birth to Fenrir. Yeah. You know? That, yeah. That's maybe the wrong myth. But it's the same kind but of But it's stuff. that what? same kind of it just like and she had two babies. Like yeah, Athena sprang from her dad's head. Yeah, there's <laughs> several people in Greek mythology. It's like she had three kids. You know, like 
Nicodarcos, Andromache, and Pegasus. And you're like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's I mean, it, like, that's what it is because that's the, what the fucking Bible is. Yeah, it's made up stories. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, about yeah, hating yeah. women. Uh-huh. Uh, some followers of Christian identity believe that the genealogy of the line of David can be traced to the royal rulers of Britain and indeed Queen Elizabeth herself. Oh. Thus, Anglo-Saxons are the true Israelites, God's chosen people, and given the divine right to rule the world until the second coming. That if is they're so just, if convenient. they are ancestors of Queen Elizabeth II, then that means they're just Hanoverian. Right. <laughs> uh, paper money is the root of all evil, particularly Federal Reserve notes, because I, banking is controlled by the Jews. Bible doesn't say that. And, uh, uh, it, it does, uh, just without the word paper. <laughs> Yeah. And also, the creation of the Federal Reserve System in 1913 shifted the control of money from Congress to private institutions that violated the constitutions, and we shouldn't have gone off the gold standard. Oh, most Jesus. importantly. Let me give you my grandpa's phone number Remember, in jail. Right. America. Rothschild. Founded by blah, blah, a bunch blah. of men who didn't want to pay their taxes. taxes. There you go. Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite things this week was I watched a C-SPAN conference on militias and domestic terrorism that was held on the one-year anniversary of the OKC bomb. Oh my God. Yes. Terrorism. Talking about Christian identity, Elohim City, and the whole quagmire. They weren't the only part of it. Right. But they were definitely. Was, there in was the like mix. Ribby Ridge shit and Wake yes, Up by yes, then. Yes, and stuff. yes. The funniest part about the lecture is that it was given by Morris Dees, the founder of the Southern Poverty Law Center, mm-hmm. who was introduced as direct male pioneer turned hate crime attorney Morris Dees. What? <laughs> like, oh, direct male pioneer. <laughs> direct mailing. <laughs> I was what? like, ma'am, I founded the SPLC 20 years ago. Can we at least leave my mail marketing out. exactly it's like former body shop employee and current librarian Aaron Clay uh, yes yeah but like former, the woman former the- usher at the dollar movie theater <laughs> that's right current uh, something uh, Brian uh-huh. Burke. Uh. Yes. So, yes, that was the Christian identity movement. And Robert Miller, mm-hmm. who absolutely must not be confused with Oklahoma native son and podcast favorite Roger Miller. <laughs> we saw. <laughs> he hosted the Muppet Show the other night. That's right. That's right. We're watching, we're watching I, the Muppet You always forget how kind of like sexy he is. <laughs> he is kind of sexy. Because you hear his music and you're like. <laughs> he does not look like Burl Ives. He looks kind of no, hot. No. He looks I was like, your new no. suit is obscene. <laughs> <laughs> It's tight. It's so, tight. Okay. Miller immigrated from Kirchner, Ontario in the 1950s to Oklahoma City. Why? Where he established uh, a church. In the 60s, he moved back to Maryland. It was cheap. Yeah. Where he ran an evangelical yeah. camp. And in 1973, he returned to Oklahoma with 18 followers and founded Elohim City. So in 1973. Okay. Wow. Law enforcement agencies uh, consist that Elohim City is a breeding ground for neo-Nazis and anti-government militias hell-bent on overthrowing what they call the Zog, the Zionist-occupied government of the United States. So, wait a minute. So, they only found this out, like, a couple of years ago? Like, they only knew about this contentious corner of the state. Well, at least... At yeah. least the ninety-five. <laughs> uh, what we had no we idea. had no idea. An article on a website called Flatland reported about the cult and quoted a woman. We asked her if she'd ever had the chance to visit Elohim, and a woman with the st- Stillwell Democrat Journal replied, "No, we like to breathe." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Adair County Sheriff Austin Young, who I'm sure Oakley blades were flipped to the back of his head, oh, even God. as he made this quote, said, I find them to be quite upstanding citizens of my community. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm he sure was described do. in the Flatland article as, quote, a sharp, stern man with a military presence, a towering, no-bullshit persona of Clint Eastwood character. His white hair oh, is neatly Christ. cropped, and his eyes maintain contact and rarely blink. Dude, Dick. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> also... It, it's like you're like what the king of shit mountain right yeah i'm the sheriff of Adair <laughs> county yeah well what i read in the paper congratulations i've never experienced anything like that with them no. he says well I'm that's sure because i'm it. sure that they all have their oakley blades flipped on the back of their bullet heads too no shit Bruh. young says that when he was game warden of sequoia county in the early <laughs> 80s he once received that's a report of poaching shit. that led him to elohim city where the suspect resided he approached the entrance of the community and was met by Robert Miller and armed guards. He told Young politely told Miller that the weapons made him nervous. And Robert said to me, well, you have a firearm. Don't you think that makes us nervous? So I unholstered my weapon and placed it on my vehicle and he sent the armed guards away. So, yeah, that's what a nice that's guy. how cops work. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Poaching what? Deer off other people's I don't know. hands. I, I guess so. It's hunting on signs where it says "posted no hunting." Uh, sh- Skunks, right? Because yeah. those deer, like, well, I'm in my deer yard now. Shit. This encounter began and, a 30 year friendship between uh, Sheriff Young and Elohim City. He ran for sheriff in the mid-90s when all kinds of people were at the compound. Mm -hmm. I campaigned in all the parts of the county, including Elohim, and as far as I know, they supported me. I'm sure they did, white-ass sheriff. I bet they did, that you're already friends with. Uh Uh-huh, little Dixie crap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What was that guy, Gene? Stipe. Gene Stipe. <laughs> Gene Stipe. I remember him being indicted for something and arrested, and he pretended to be, like, have brain damage throughout his entire trial. Yes. And, I, wow. and I also remember our grandfather one evening spending the entire evening speculating what bribes he would accept to be on the Gene Stipe. Group. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, he, our grandfather, who did not speak very much, but I just remember one point piped up, I want to be on the state liquor board. <laughs> God damn, that's what I want to do. That's what I want. That's the state job I want. Yes. So this uh, sheriff is clearly reliable and unbiased, so there's nothing bad going on in this. The Hunter, Okay, I got a real whammy coming up for you guys. Ah, Wait, wait, wait. Elohim City Elder Zara Horton Patterson III (laughs) dated in a 1985 Arkansas Gazette article that the community members don't think of themselves as white supremacists, but rather as God's chosen people charged with the responsibility of leading others. Well, that clears it up, you know. Okay. Polygamy. That's based on white supremacy. No, ma'am. It's what God wants. Okay. (laughs) Polygamy was also acceptable at the time, and the town is run by a board of elders, and nothing says cult like a ruling council of elders. Right. Living out in the woods. Shady shit happens constantly. The short of shady shit you can only get away with in small towns with sheriffs who flip their Oakley blades to their heads. (laughs) <laughs> in June 2001, the New York Post reported that pictures of McVeigh are displayed throughout Elohim City. It quoted an unnamed yeah. government informer who visited there saying, McVeigh is a hero and they look upon him as a martyr to their cause. Mm-hmm. In 1986, a Canadian woman and her children sought refuge in the city, uh, contravening a court order, uh, like hiding out from her husband. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This one is the only like one. Like her husband from Canada? 
I I think so. Okay. And the only uh, and the, this is maybe the only smidgen I can give them. Okay. Police came to try and arrest her, and they ran the, the Elohim people ran them off. So I don't couldn't find more about that. But okay. if she was running from an abusive husband, well, you're not going to find anything better in Elohim City. But at least they did that's something true. nice for her. She, yeah. There's, yeah. Some, there's some good ladies there. <laughs> sure. I bet you can get a good biscuit. Uh, by the mid, <laughs> I make I make good biscuits. You can have biscuits. Sure, uh, by the mid-1990s, there were four members of the Aryan Republican Army resident uh, at Elohim City. Just the four? Well, these particular four were known by the media as the Midwest bank robbers and were responsible for a series of 22 bank robberies all in, around the Midwest. In the Midwest? Exactly. That's, that, that's a good name for them. That's the like. Midwest bank robbers. That's how like. bright they are making it up. <laughs> well, that's also funny we're because... We're these guys. Well, because that part of the state the like, was, you know, for a long time, bank robber country. Bank robber. <laughs> Yeah, pretty boy Floyd. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty boy Floyd. I think that scene from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, where he's just like throwing the money out the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have been filmed in Eastern Oklahoma. They they robbed uh, twenty two banks and used that money to finance their white supremacist causes. Well, they were working hard. They were working hard. I'm just trying not to cry. <laughs> the group was mainly a criminal enterprise, but they did have a terroristic agenda. Mm-hmm. After I thought you were going to say they like did bake sales for local did. children. <laughs> uh, they would film and produce right-wing <laughs> propaganda videos. And with the bank heist money, they stockpiled we- weapons and ammunitions for the race war that they were hoping to start. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Would ha- they, <laughs> but the best part is mm. um, they became synonymous for leaving, leaving decoy, like fake grenades and fake pipe bombs to uh-huh. frighten people. But um, they also had a strict time- timekeeper who would stand at the door and call out the time to make sure that the heists took nothing less than 90 seconds. But the best Whoa. thing is they wore... Nixon, Reagan, Clinton, Shut masks, up. and that's where that's Catherine Bigelow break? got the... Oh, my God. That's they fucking believe, amazing. They, uh, it says they believe to be lifted directly from Point Break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, they shit. wore rubber presidential masks, and all of their clothes looked more like, it said FBI or ATF or something like that on them, so they looked like they were <laughs> official, but they weren't. These guys, Bressica and Guthrie, were the two main guys. Mm-hmm. So wait, like, they took it from Point Break, or Point Break took it from them? Unsure. Yeah. Unsure. <gasps> oh. Unsure. Okay, when, when did this happen? It, it said between 93 and 95. Okay. Well, so I, yeah. I should have looked up when Point Break came out. So. I think it was like 92. Yeah, no, we, I remember watching that in high school. So, so like, it was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then they, they totally yeah, ripped it off yeah. from Point Break. Okay. None yeah, of y'all are Swayze Keat. <laughs> Dude, well, no. it works. None of you are Keanu. None of you are Flea or Anthony Kiedis, who were both yeah, <laughs> also in that movie. Okay. None of you are even that, okay? None of you are Gary, Gary, Gary. Busey, Busey, Busey. You're not Busey. fit to wear his his teeth. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Brescia and Guthrie, the leaders of this, the ARA, not to be confused with the IRA, nope. resided Brescia. for a time at Elohim City. Other persons associated with this uh, were known to hang out there. Uh, a man named, oh, excuse me, Elohim City Security Director Andreas Strassmeyer. Oh, I'm sure he was yeah. born like Andy Sertis down in <laughs> Andreas Strassmeyer. And poor him. Called, had, uh, he 
was a known associate of Tim McVeigh, having met him at a Tulsa gun show. Mm -hmm. And uh, federal investigators do know that McVeigh called Elohim City on April 5th, 1995. They all deny having spoken with him, but it is believed that he was saying, like, hey, can I come and hang out with y'all? Additionally, five separate... I don't think he did. He did what? You don't believe he did the bombing? Breaking news, guys. <laughs> you guys. Black Muslims, just like I Melissa really, Barbies. Look, no, 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 no. I was just saying, he, he didn't... Um, he didn't get far enough. No, he... Nor did he stop at Elohim City beforehand. No, he didn't. But he I'm not going to get all into that. But no, but... Yeah. Let you it feel be free known, to edit this out. Let it be known that he was a shitty friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll come by. Nothing. Never showed up. Nothing. Well, he was stupid enough to flee the scene of a crime without a fucking license, license plate. plate. I mean, like a gun on the front seat God and no almighty. license plate. That's why he was pulled over. Not because they had any clue. Yeah. Just that he had no license plate. Yeah. Did you not pay those taxes, Tim? Was it worth it? Is it worth it? <laughs> you sure showed them. Five separate women from an sadly unnamed Tulsa nightclub. Oh, oh man. Shit. Each identified Brescia as the man paying for Tim McVeigh's drinks on April 8th, 1995. Oh. That's my daughter's birthday. Uh-huh. Three days after the phone call. What t- what Tulsa nightclub will you... Okay. Is that uh-huh. one... I just imagine it's that one where you right, get right off the highway, remember? Yeah, to no. To go to the movies. Night, night, night trips there? Night or, trips. No, yeah. no, no. Oh, no. I know what you're talking about. That's actually a different one, but uh-huh. I don't remember. Maybe Cloud Nine. That was Cloud Nine, yeah. Cloud Nine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Cloud, Cloud Nine, that Cloud Nine had legs and eggs. Okay. That's right. Oh my god, dude. Okay, like a, 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 I'm making an editorial comment that it was Cloud Nine. A <laughs> yes. person, uh, like a friend of a friend, it's not as nice as that. Night like trips. my friend and I, uh, who was friends with him, uh, you know, just sat there shaking our heads in wonderment after <laughs> after we learned like this friend of a friend, like was like a constant at legs and eggs. Oh, man, legs and eggs. It's it just it's so gross. It's so gross. <laughs> well, and that's, I'm going to just get assume that that's where Brescia and Tim McVeigh were having. Okay. And two more women in Kansas reported that McVeigh and Brescia were frequent associates, and Guthrie, the other guy, bore a distinct physical resemblance to John Doe number two. John Doe number two uh, isn't real. No. Well, it might be. Well, he was a real I dude. Thought, I thought Terry Nichols was John Doe no, number no, two. No, no, like, no, no. He was we were... Terry Nichols. <laughs> no, yeah. John Doe number two was a guy who went into you, the rent to rent the U-Haul, mm-hmm. like the surf, like gas station. Yeah, place, uh, to rent a U-Haul, and he had been in there the day before. Oh, yeah. And they were able to huh. like look back at film and so, and and, and, and but the lady who was like, I definitely saw him, and I saw this other guy, guy too. too. Yeah, so. Uh, yes, and Tim McVeigh's sister Jennifer claimed that he had participated in several bank robberies. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Matt never tells me anything. <laughs> Why doesn't he help us? He tells me everything. Damn it. Uh, David Paul Hammer, a convicted murderer imprisoned with McVeigh <sighs> in Terre Haute, alleged that McVeigh told him details of the OKC bombing that it uh, contradicted the actual court trial. Right, because he made them up. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> because he's lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim McVeigh, who never lied in his life, ever once told an untruth, (laughs) told this other prisoner. (laughs) But yeah, then he said that, according to this guy, Mm. he said the ARA was in there and Strassmeyer and others at Elohim City were part of this. Miller denies any knowledge of the robberies, even though it's believed that the ARA might have recruited members at Elohim City or sent them there for re education. Mm -hmm. Miller's no. 
Also at Elohim City, brief residents were a family called the Mueller's. The Mueller's and the Mueller's. No, this is bad news for the Mueller's. Oh, uh, no. uh, The Mueller's were there. A family named the Mueller's were there, but then they left afraid that they would be killed by the ARA mm. for being privy to information about the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, my God. Uh, the Mueller family were soon after captured and tortured to death by a guy named Chevy Kehoe. Oh, God. Who also was hung out with the, it was under direction of the ARA, and these are people from Elohim City. Oh, God. Also. <laughs> okay. Not, uh, the remains of former Elohim City guest Richard Snell mm-hmm. are in Elohim City. Okay. These remains were released to Elohim City residents following his execution in Arkansas. Do you know when he was executed? April 19th, 1995. Oh. And a few oh. days before oh. he said, you watch out, something's going to happen. If you kill me, something's going to happen. Oh. The Murrah building uh, was destroyed by explosives an hour or so before he died. And also, the criminal proceedings proved evidence that Snell and other affiliates had visited the Murrah building to examine it as a possible bombing target as early as 1983. Oh my God. Although, reportedly, when the... Uh, right before his death, they showed him on TV what had happened, and he said, "No, that well, that's not it. That's not it." Um, Believe what dude. you will. Well, like I'm making a like flat like on the news, like down the Green Mile. You'd be like, uh, "Yes, <laughs> hang on." Just maybe he was like, "I know we're going to execute you, but like, guess what? You got to see this shit. You got to see this shit on TV. Black Muslims bomb downtown." Yes, McVeigh is known to have telephoned them two weeks before the Murrah building, and to have other connections. We can't confirm that yeah. where he's buried, but this is a place for evildoers. Or is it? Oh, my God. Oh. None of this is true, say John and David Miller, the sons end. of the community's late founder and patriarch, Robert Miller. Oh, okay. We don't deny that there have been people come through then and that's, left. That means it's true. <laughs> and dead oh, bad, but there's nobody that's a resident here that would do anything like that. No one in this village had anything to do with Oklahoma City. We were accused of possibly having a connection with what happened in Oklahoma City, said John Miller. And since that time, we have been exonerated by the federal government, but people continue to cast aspersions. I think we've paid a very heavy price, he says. (laughs) And then, like, people just let him say that and was like, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Two weeks after the bombing, James Ellison, former leader of the Covenant, the Sword, and the oh, Arm of the Lord, and we're about to have another God. sidebar. Yes. The Covenant, the Sword, and the Arm of the Lord, which is a white supremacist paramilitary encampment on the Missouri-Arkansas border, which was raided in 85. That is a ridiculous oh, bit of wow. doggerel there. <laughs> Two weeks after the bombing, this Ellison dude settled at Elohim City after serving several years in prison for weapons offenses and racketeering. He was in his mid-70s, and he lived there for more than two decades and is revered as a philosopher and a prophet. Oh. Uh-huh. Here's, a, here's a little mini CSA sidebar. No, not the Confederate States of America, though we, that's a cult, too, and we might get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time, it's the covenant, the sword, and the arm of the Lord. <laughs> so, you know, they're peaceful and Christ-like and focused on helping the poor and the sick and the strangers what? among us. Why would you ever abbreviate that? No. <laughs> Because you also like the Confederate States of America. Yeah. That would be my guess. (laughs) It's a far-right militant organization dedicated to the Christian identity movement and survivalism. Uh, It developed from a Baptist congregation called the Zarephath Horeb Community Church. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Say that five times fast. From Pontiac, uh, Missouri. 
Oh god. And they became You just make shit up. Uh-huh. You're just making it's shit up. Right. Bubbly lift. Damn. Damn it. We're uh yeah. We're out of bubbly. It's okay. no, that's <laughs> Night, guys. part way through act one. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the show. Enjoy Paul Anka. <laughs> now they uh this CSA group operated a large compound in northern Arkansas called The Farm, which is also on my list of cults. Oh. And I didn't realize oh. it was this group. Oh. <laughs> so here we go. That farm. Yes. Law enforcement officers investigated them for weapons, carried out a siege. Officers arrested James Ellison, who was in jail. Um, he had close ties to the KKK. After he was released from prison, he moved to Elohim City and married Miller's granddaughter. They believed that doomsday was imminent and they needed to move here and set up their anti-Zionist yeah. occupied government. When was this? Uh, this started in like the 83, 82, 83 and carried okay. on. I do have to give an English major and writer's nanosecond of credit. <laughs> they published a manifesto called Attack. Aryan Tactical Treaty for the Advancement of Christ's Kingdom. And I love an acronym. That's good. That's a, that's a good, good acronym. acronym. That's they must a, have worked hard on that. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. Chevy. I, th- I, I, I'm imagining the line drawing. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> like everyone, every boy who ever drew a race car on his right there, top of his the desk. Right there. The super S. <laughs> <laughs> the super S. <laughs> yes, the cool the- S. <laughs> The white supremacist brothers Chevy and Chain Kehoe involved. Uh, in- those sound like some dopey, dangerous guys. C H E V I E and C H E Y N E Kehoe. I want to see a picture of their mom. That's funny. Oh, like, uh, are they the? I mean, like seriously, are they like the craze of? They're like the craze of <laughs> Eastern, Oklahoma. Eastern Oklahoma. God, what a they what visited- a troubling distinction that is. <laughs> They had a shootout with Ohio State <laughs> Troopers. They stayed in Elohim City for a while. And then Chevy was later convicted of the 1996 torture slayings of an Arkansas gun dealer and his family. You can look that one up oh, if you God, want to. Wow. The moment you said Ohio State, I just th- thought football team. Crushed to death by a man in a Buckeye. <laughs> 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 oh my god i'm having so much fun it's like new year's I eve all know. over again but of course these poor put upon fellows of the peaceful community of godly brethren existed he was never there and they'd never heard of him no. so he was arrested some members of the ira had been there but still when they were here there was no indication no. of them wanting to do any criminal behavior we said just, david miller just folks some of them have radical <laughs> issues wanting to get away from that radical life. I guess we're sad that we didn't do enough to help keep them away from that. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just going to hug him. Uh-huh. The murder brothers were just passing through on their way to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We may never know. <laughs> and, of course, the Millers say that uh, the media were to blame for the trans right. extremists that show up. They put those kinds extremists. of... Extremists? Extremists. <laughs> they put out those kinds of stories, and it attracts people that might have other things in their hearts and minds. Just right. But once they come, they realize that we're about the Lord, and some of them go, but that creates a traffic that sort of comes in and perpetuates itself, you know? Oh, we don't have it. We can't do anything about that. Okay, I can't well, do much more of this. I'm almost done. They're denying everything, and I guess it is true that they were absolved by the federal government for not being able to prove anything. That's true. But if you yeah. watch their videos, they're just making sad cat from Shrek eyes. 
about how they're just a humble group of community <laughs> Christians. Just a bunch <laughs> of weenies. Just because racist murderers used us as a base of operation. I mean, pass through. Mm. That doesn't make we're Christians. The Murrah building people tried to call us a compound, but the dictionary definition of a compound doesn't match our small town. We don't have a wall or anything. Oh, my God. Well, Why we it. need to add, do they have a wall to our <laughs> Yeah. Do they have a dictionary? <laughs> Do they start? Yes. Their start sentences mm-hmm. with Webster's Dictionary defines. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Compounds as. One interview, a reporter asked the elder Miller, how do you respond when people call you white supremacists? Well, we don't respond because people say all kinds of things. You're responding now. We are proud to be white, but it's the Lord who's supreme. Mm-hmm. And then he smirks oh, okay. in a super punchable mm-hmm. fashion. And then the other brother says, we don't deny... Get ready. Just get ready. Hold each other's hands and get ready to... to, Okay. We don't deny being racialists, but I don't... Racialists? God damn it. But I don't understand why that makes us haters. I mean... People race quarter horses did for Pomeranians. They did say haters because they're like down with the kids, you know. <laughs> Some people race quarter horses or Pomeranians and you want to have the best. You're strengthening and preserving your species. So it's important that everybody stay in their own group. <gasps> These what? people. The fuck? It's bone chilling. Man, he's, he's going to be amazed when he learns what species means. <laughs> I, guess he, uh, I guess he didn't look that one up. Nope, nope. They're Webster's too busy looking at compound. Dictionary. Mm-hmm. We're delighted to be white, he said later in the same interview. We're delighted. If you look honestly at world history in the last several thousand years, it's the white race that produced the civilizations that people want to be in. I'm there. The place actually, is still yeah. there. There are lots of homemade videos yes. done by fans. Yeah. There was one dude oh. who called himself the Texas Deacon and had serious, like, Sam Elliott wannabe vibes. Get the fuck out, Texas. Oh, he had a gun on his desk and sitting in front of some Confederate flags talking about how he'd always heard such horrible things from the government about this enclave. But when I went there and actually broke bread with them, I found only a godly community of loving, compassionate people. Quote, I found a serenity and calmness I've ever found in my life. I also think that sucking your teeth often is rule one of broadcast journalism. Oh. People love to hear that. It's God. like yeah. every few Grandpa every few words, that. just be like. Yeah. But is it a cult? Yes, absolutely. Despite of the Texas course. Deacons, it's, it's kind of the worst kind of cult. Yes. <laughs> it says, despite the Texas Deacons' reassurance that they're just a godly community with no wall, <laughs> it really does have all the hallmarks. One guy founded it. His kids run it. There's mandatory daily religious services, singing and dancing. Uh, there's a big plastic dome in the middle. Oh, yeah. The Sabbath at Elohim City is on Tuesday, and they have hours and hours of singing and dancing. The worship area has room for a band. There's lots of flags on display. The two Confederate flags, an American flag, and the Christian, excuse me, the Covenant Sword and the Arm of the Lord flag, Uh, which is a lion holding a blood-tipped sword. God, I... Covenant sword in the eyes of the Lord. And I am going to quote. Sounds like a daytime drive. <laughs> Starring <laughs> Jane Seymour is the woman he loved. <laughs> and to close, here is my excellent quote from the Flatland article. Okay. Throughout the history of eastern Oklahoma, there has been more chicanery, <laughs> isolationism, <laughs> parochialism, xenophobic attitudes, and distrust of outsiders. We settle things our way, he says. Wow. So, yes, Elohim City is very comfortably located. Comfortable. Historically, we blend in. And that is our wow. very own eastern Oklahoma oh. called Elohim City. Next time we go visit Aunt Judy, let's not leave. No. Let's not go. No. We're nope. not going to nope. go anywhere near that. No. 
Good job. So what are we going to give this one? We're going to give it a dead armadillo from the side of the road. No, I I was just thinking a box of human turds. Uh, What if the dead armadillo has leprosy? Look, it's not the armadillo's fault. Por que no los dos? <laughs> it's not the armadillo's okay. fault. There, there are two boxes. <laughs> On the doorstep of Elohim City, there are two boxes. <laughs> One contains a dead armadillo full of leprosy. <laughs> And the like other contains dead leopardillo turds turds human turds they are both on fire <laughs> join us won't you <sighs> uh, okay so guys. for halftime we're letting y'all in on it we have we went to the estate sale for the hulk of crossroads mall that's mm-hmm. abandoned in mm-hmm. southern oklahoma city crossroads and- mall Used to be the only Fredericks of Hollywood in the city. Crossroads Mall was the dirty mall. It was the dirty mall. This that was also the mall there, where though, the right? ATM gave fives. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look, that used to be a thing for a long, long time. <laughs> in fact, as, as late as the early 2000s, this is awesome. Yeah, my friend DeKinder, uh, who had come to Tulsa from uh, Stillwater uh, and still banked at Stillwater National Bank, like would would only go to the ATM at Stillwater National Bank because <laughs> it was the last one that, where you could still get five bucks out. Five? <laughs> just five dollars. I just need five dollars. I have eight dollars in my account. Oh, see, exactly. I learned when I lived in London that if I had even like one cent in my account, I could get a ten pound note out of the ATM. <laughs> that would save me on more than one occasion. Ooh. Nice. I could get ten pounds. Dang. And that that'll feed you. <clears throat> if you're eating cheap shit. Good time. Anyway, good time. So yeah, we went to the, that uh, pre-tearing down sale and we bought their fountain. And we've set up an actual champagne fountain outside the Maybe Center. Go on out. Fill it's your crafts with, with champagne. Or Trader Joe's it's Brut. the mall fountain. It's the mall fountain. It's going to be good. Yeah, See, there's a cup of uh, of uh, uh, Hershey's uh, syrup next to it. I think, <laughs> I think somebody wanted to do a chocolate fountain, but it just didn't really come through. We're it's, rambling. It's there. It you was me. It. I was what I'm saying. Like I'm not. I'm not sorry. I would do it again, given the opportunity. But uh, I just don't think it's going to work. It might. I love you. <laughs> I hope that y'all who are having champagne in the parking lot fountain that you didn't tangle with those guys from the classic car club because they are not very nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised, but hmm. yeah, you think no, they're no. rude. <laughs> they're rude. Okay, Amanda. Yeah. Do you like foot massages? I do like a foot massage. Amanda, do you like having like your hair shampooed? Um, <laughs> by, by by like by somebody I like. Yes, maybe. Sure. Do you like? Luxury penthouses in Florida. <laughs> I like luxury penthouses. <laughs> well, let okay. me tell you about this. Heck yeah. <laughs> Anything that doesn't involve violent anti-Semitism, no. I'm no. down no. with right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Go! Rochelle Denise Bradshaw, born June 22nd, 1966, mm-hmm. was the youngest of eight children. Okay. She was raised in a middle-class neighborhood in Seattle. Her father was a heavy equipment operator and her mother a nurse's aide. Rochelle was the only 
child her parents had together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she had darker skin. Uh-huh. They're African-American. They had darker skin than her siblings. And she was just, like, taller and, and bigger. And different than her siblings. And, okay. and shaped different. And uh, she did not like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bless her heart. One sister described Rochelle as spending most of her time in her room with the door closed, eating McDonald's with her dog, Jaeger von Stefan Ho, <laughs> who got his own McDonald's. Uh, well, oh, I would oh hope so. God. Jaeger, like Chuck Jaeger or Jaeger, no, like, like Jaegermeister. Gotcha. Oh, my God. Der Jaegermeister. Oh, my God. Jaeger von Stefan Ho. Oh. Hey, Joe. Who got his own McDonald's? <laughs> got his own McDonald's. <laughs> He's obese, wearing a cashmere sweater with a bacon egg. I was say, like, what's up, Tricky Woo? <laughs> what's up, Tricky Woo? Rochelle eventually grew into her glamour. Thank she God. outgrew a stutter and was soon turning heads. One sister said once she got into her teens, she seemed to have an outgoing personality and became very open-minded. Good. Like I said, she was tall. She had dimples, long hair, long hey, nails, lots good. of flair. I was always she jealous was, of your dimples. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, she was popular at school, um, but she was self-conscious about her size. Yeah, well. And... Um, um, uh, her Rochelle's other sister, who we'll meet both these sisters a little more in a minute, uh, said Rochelle liked to get high. Hi. <laughs> Rochelle got a job as a receptionist at the VA Medical Center, and she was so well liked and she got along with everybody that they extended her summertime appointment, which suited her just fine because Rochelle was dating one of the veterans who was a patient at the VA. Oh, yeah. She quit the job when he Lieutenant was... Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> Listen, hang on. Okay. <laughs> she quit the job when he was released. Now, Magic legs. I'm about to just say, <laughs> I have to pause and think about the talent at the VA. <laughs> yeah. My only point of reference is our dad, yes. who goes to the VA, <laughs> and the people that I... Um, Talk to at work. On the phone. And also at the VA. <laughs> we have many library patrons in the VA system, and while they're all fine, I assume I assume they're fine. Not once if I thought, like, I bet that place is lousy with tail. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's a place to find a husband. That's a place to find a husband. Strange at that place. <laughs> Gross. VA strange. That's uh, going to be... That's my new nom de plume. <laughs> I'm going to write a series of murder mysteries. Hang on, I'll be Set right back. Set at the VA. Came in to visit Dr. Strange. <laughs> right. <laughs> a series of murder mysteries set in the VA. <laughs> it, it already happened. Walter Reed wrecked him. <laughs> Once upon a time when I worked at the bookstall, I can't remember the name of the actual series, but it was a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. series about like one man and his dog who yeah. traveled across the post-apocalyptic wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the Postman later starring Kevin Costner? Sadly, no. And, and Tom Petty. <laughs> Oh, was Tom Petty like acting Dude, in that? Dude, he, he was he was the like the mayor of the Skyhook town. Oh shit! Now I like, might have to bridge. watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. There's yeah. Oh, oh it's great. damn! The, the Petty's dramatic stylings. I will. I'll yeah. have to check that out. What it is? It, what, <laughs> he essentially plays himself. Well, but, yeah, but, obviously but, because he's Tom Petty. <laughs> says, says the line, "Nah, man, you're famous." <laughs> That's great. Okay. Yeah, but I, the, so the post-apocalyptic series, every single one was called, like, Illinois. 
Illinois incineration. Oh, God. It, it Tennessee like, teardown. Jesus, it was totally like the Dana Fuller Ross Wagons West series. One but, like, but with murder. <laughs> okay. O- Oklahoma. Outrage. Or- or- orange. Biscuits and gravy. And I remember on the cover of the Tennessee, Tennessee teardown, it... According to the illustration on the cover of that book, the only thing that survived the nuclear war is the statue of Elvis outside Graceland. Not even Graceland? Not even Graceland. Just the statue. Dude, it was Uh, like whenever they blew up the White House on Independence Day. (laughs) Not even Graceland. So... Rochelle is dating a dude from the VA. Um, she had her heart set on going to fashion design school after high school, but actually going to class and graduating proved to be way too boring and total bullshit. So Rochelle dropped out. Did yeah. she try an SRA? No, no, absolutely not. She briefly worked as like a home health care aide, but anyone Oof. can tell you that the job worst. sucks royal and pays for shit. Oh, and God. that was just about the end of Rochelle's working career. It's for suckers. Here we go. Until. Rochelle's always been really lazy, says her <laughs> sister, Angela. <laughs> this is like me being ill. Aaron's always been really lazy. We used to fan her when it was hot and wipe her butt when she was growing up. What? And I just feel like Rochelle has spent her whole entire life trying to get back to that place. Oh, my God. Don't wipe uh, her butt. I've no. never wiped Aaron's butt, and I never no. would. In 1988, Rochelle met a man at a bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Bradshaw was hella interested, but Rochelle had reservations due mostly to the fact that Philip was Mexican. She was nervous about the effect of an interracial marriage would have on her kids. Rochelle told her mom, if I marry Philip, my children will not be able to go to public schools or go to a play. Which, what? What? (laughs) Anyway. Boy, boy, crazy boy. She tried to blow him off, but Phil wouldn't hear of it. He told Rochelle how much he loved her and that the Lord had told him that she would be his wife. And within a few months, this was the case. That would be the reason to blow him off right there. As soon as they say, God says that we're going to be married, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I just forgot your phone number. Bye. Mm -hmm. God wanted me to tell you that property is theft. (laughs) Rochelle's sister, Angela, said, I just told her he sounded like a bum. He sounded like a (laughs) lunatic. Like bum jewel <laughs> to the point where everybody in the family didn't refer to him by name but they referred to him as that man who stood on a corner preaching and playing his guitar oh damn Ooh. phil and rochelle lived in seattle for a while and then they moved to oklahoma with their parents and they <laughs> had like G. they had their own ministry going on not even getting into that and yeah, eventually- i can tell you one thing it was not in southeastern no, oklahoma it wasn't. <laughs> Uh, eventually, yes. Phil and Rochelle went back to Seattle to start their own uh, panhandling, preaching the word min- ministry, mm-hmm. uh, embracing a life of nomadic poverty, which is, I guess, what they call That's it. That's what you call it. And without a job, a legal tender, okay. <laughs> <laughs> bum, Jules. Jules. A fucking bum. bum. <laughs> the couple slept on the street or on the beach and lived off the generosity of strangers. During that time, Rochelle's purpose in life was revealed to her. Angels appeared to her, and prophets came to her on bended knee, offering her honor. On a mission to deny herself worldly pleasures, Rochelle cleared her closet of designer clothes and stuffed them into garbage bags. Because Father had spoken to me how to dress. She said, she would fast for days. My stomach would be all tore up, but whatever father wanted me to do, I would do it. Uh. 
To replace the designer clothes, Rochelle made dresses out of sheets, tennis shoes, no jewelry, no perfume, nothing. Oh, man. No nails, nothing extravagant. Colors had to be distant, dim as possible because that was when she was going through her trial. Okay. And she's going through her trial and she's ready to meet her destiny. Okay. When speaking to detectives, Rochelle said, I did not know who I am. Father did not let me know this. My identity was not revealed until I was 25 years old. Finally, the blinders were taken off and I walked and I scraped and I crawled to be an example to every living soul. He tested every grain that I am because I am also an offering. And when the day finally arrived that he would let me see, then he began letting me come into my inheritance of queen. Okay, but look, this sentence started with, she said to detectives. (laughs) So I'm going to keep that part in mind. I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad. And I I knew. And I knew. I was like, just keep reading her. Just keep reading. Like a, like a Frankie Boyle bit. Like, look at this guy's picture. He looks. He looks like his picture looks like it should say under it. Police feel the actual number may be much fire higher. <laughs> God. Frankie boy, oh my god! Oh my god, good stuff. Okay, keep going. This okay, is good. Yeah, I've never heard of Rochelle. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so she's coming into her inheritance as the queen, and who is the queen? It's Queen Latifah Shamia. Ooh, King Latifah. All those bed sheet dresses and tennis shoes were out. Next. Fancy flowing robes were in. Thank the God. The queen made them herself, and she got really into her beliefs, sometimes challenging preachers when they were preaching, calling her out inaccuracies. Preachers, she said, were a bunch of crooks. Oh, well, she's and not wrong about that. Uh, True. Yeah. Good job, Rochelle. Yes. There was an honest line of work at some point. But uh-huh. I don't know. Never, ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. Around 1993, Rochelle and Philip left Washington for the last time. They stopped in California, Colorado, Oklahoma, Texas, and between Bama, Texas and Bama, Florida. Bama, Arizona, Arkansas. <laughs> Texas. Yeah, Texas. <laughs> uh, the hotter rock and roller school. <laughs> <laughs> spreading around this Texas town. Between Texas and Florida, Rochelle amassed a cluster of followers. It's a cluster? That included her husband, their three children, a woman, a woman, three men, and five kids. Okay. Now, do not quote me on any of these numbers. I've seen followers as low as six and followers as many as 15. Still, so f- yes. from so, six to fifteen followers, two and eleven, six to fifteen followers. followers, traveling between Texas and Florida. Okay, so, so let's like talk. I ten. Let's talk about what you're doing, walking up and down. I, I've never driven I ten. Uh, I've driven I ten from. Uh, I've driven I ten from San Antonio to New Orleans, and then a little bit past that. Oh yeah. yeah. So so yeah, imagine you're getting... looking for followers. Well, I hope they can swim because a great deal of I-10 in Louisiana is like suspended above the swamp. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. So, she, yeah, she picked up these followers mm. and these followers would um, bathe their queen. They would rub lotion on her feet and okay. peel her fruit. Look. No word on super elaborate fruit salads. Go on. Oh, yeah, well, did they make her a fruit salad that looked like the last supper? <laughs> it's just a big old D. <laughs> oh, man. You know there was a big old D fruit salad at some point. Uh, Gross. Uh, 
Oh, another banana and two tangerines. Oh, oh man. gross. I'm, okay, look, I'm trying to imagine no matter what highway you are on, how do you pick up a follower? I have rid- I've driven miles across this country, stopped at many truck stops, state-sponsored roadside areas. <laughs> if anybody ever approached me and talked to them, I would fucking pepper spray them. Dude, this is the 90s, man. Well, Amanda, that is how you don't pick up followers. I guess. That's on the right. I wasn't trying. Scenic lookouts. These people are professionals, and they're looking for broken people. So. Okay, well, that ain't me. Uh, it ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. Okay, so uh, she would pick up these followers, and they would bathe their queen and rub lotion on her feet and peel her fruit. And then she says, the power that I have is in love, and that's why my children love me like they do. I am such a marvel to this state of how they obey me, and they love me like they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why. Queen Shamina said that strangers supported her ministry, donating money and houses in Texas and Florida. She says, oh. finance being brought and put in my hand was no unusual occurrence to me. <laughs> okay, finance being... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak that into existence. I well, that's what we're here to do. Uh-huh. There is a reason I am here. I am here to see to the comfort of the wounds that nothing that Jesus Christ did would ever fall to the ground. Wait, what? Everything (laughs) he did would be honored properly. My most blessed place in this is his shadow resting for his comfort. And her family at that moment knew that Rochelle was fully on her bullshit. <laughs> fully on her bullshit. Heck, my faces um, are like mirrors right now. It's one of those things, like, maybe I should give it to somebody else to read. But anyway, yeah. I don't know I'm if it makes back sense. on my bullshit. <laughs> Rochelle and Philip agreed not to talk about religion when they visited her sister Angela. Possibly for the best. Uh-huh. In 1990 in Aurora, Colorado. Did that pan out? Let me turn the page. <laughs> According to Angela... After dinner, he gets his guitar and starts asking me, do I humble myself to God? And I said, Rochelle, you better tell him. And she wouldn't say anything. And I turned around and told him, I am not Rochelle. I will knock the hell out of you. They were always loony ever since she's been with Philip. Everybody that helped them, they used them up. Oh, good. Rochelle's Rochelle, other, make him stop. I Rochelle's other sister, God. Sheila, lived in Michigan, and she said that Phil and Rochelle never asked to stay with her. I was one of the ones that she didn't come to visit because she knew me and knew that I wasn't having it. But that didn't ah. stop them from calling. A few years ago, Philip called Collect in the middle of the night to ask for money. He says, oh he says, this is Philip. I'm calling for, for Rochelle. I'll let you speak to her. And she gets on the phone and goes into the scenario. And I said, you guys are just going to have to work it out. I'm not sending you $200. Click. Click. Amen. Rochelle's mother <laughs> could also attest to the messed upness of this relationship because... <laughs> When they lived in Oklahoma, Philip wanted Rochelle to move and then, like, go live on the street in Tulsa. Oh, okay. Like, to, to minister. And Rochelle was like, no. But Philip went to the homeless shelter, which, like, it was full. Uh-huh. So he went to the homeless shelter. And then Rochelle's mother said, why did you go take a bed? Somebody who didn't have a bed could have had that, that bed. bed. Right, you have a bed. Like, you have a bed. Why are you going taking somebody's bed? To which Philip replied, everything belongs to God, and that belongs to God's servant and not a heathen. And Mrs. Clark was flabbergasted. Well, as we did hear from the people in Elohim City, it's God who is supreme. Uh-huh. So it's true, you know. I wonder if it was anywhere near the Cloud Nine Club. 
Uh, I mean, it, you know, it couldn't have been that Remember far away. When, Tulsa's like, not um, that big. Y'all had your wedding in Tulsa, and it was the same weekend as the PGA finals, yeah. and there were no hotels. We, and, no, yeah. it wasn't the PGA. It was, it was the... the no, it was. It, it was, was the, the PGA it, it was, Yeah, it was the, the U.S. Open. Oh, okay, the um, U.S. Open. But, yeah, I don't know. The PGA is involved in that. Yeah, we <laughs> we didn't, uh, you know, we basically, because we were engaged like, for like. why would I fucking know that? Why would you know that? Exactly. Well, yeah, we were engaged for like 18 months. And so, you know, like, you know, after having been engaged a year, you know, the year turned over to the year of our wedding. We're like, okay, well, I guess it's time to call about hotels. And like, you know, <laughs> call the hotel. Like, you know, like what, when's, <laughs> when's your wedding? June 16th. My <laughs> 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 oh, dad ended up staying in some, like, crack motel. It was, just a, do- it was a dodgy oh, trucker oh, motel that I totally... It was attached to a strip club. It, it was. was attached to a strip club, and I called the guy... No, nothing. It's no, called, nothing. like, America's Crystal Inn. Right, and it's like, right as you come yeah. off the turnpike. It's right as you come off the turnpike, and I called the guy, and I was like, I'd like to reserve a room for my... You know, my father? No, I was like, I'd like to reserve a room for, you know, GCC, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, uh, we don't really have any rooms. And I was like, oh, man. I, like, said something. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, well, my dad's coming in for my wedding. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, and Dad's like, there were cigarette burn holes in the shower curtain. In the shower curtain. So by 1991, the Clarks had moved to Corpus Christi. Rochelle and Philip came to visit with their firstborn son Joseph, and it was then that Mrs. Clark got her first glimpse of Rochelle's bullshit. She asked Rochelle to clean up the kitchen, and Philip was aghast. And Rochelle was a queen, and she did not clean up after herself. Mm-mm. So oh. Philip did it instead, but Mrs. Clark wasn't satisfied, so she made Rochelle do it over. Ooh. Oh, boom. Don't make a queen do that. No telling if totally this was before or after Rochelle came out to her parents as Queen Shamia. But she said that the spirit came to her, and she said it was... She said that the spirit came to her, and she said it was Jesus, and that she was his queen, and she was also the queen of Nigeria, or a queen of Nigeria. Mrs. Clark, Rochelle's mother and forever MVP. <laughs> at the time, she said, at the time, I didn't know what to make of it. I said, Rochelle, now you know better than that. You know Jesus doesn't have a queen. Rochelle, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want that. to talk to me anymore. <laughs> Napoleon, you know that's not possible. Exactly. So throughout the late 90s, Rochelle and her followers traveled between Texas and Florida. And then within Florida, they moved from Orlando to Tampa to Manatee to Fort Myers (laughs) to Punta Gorda. And at this point, there were eight kids with the group, three of whom were Rochelle's and the other she she claimed were gifts. Oh, God, Uh, no. uh, 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 It's not bad. Uh, It's not. (laughs) I have acquired some children Uh, as gifts. It's not bad. But we gotta listen to the rest of the story. It's true that Orlando is way more sinister it's than Tampa. That's <laughs> so true. I don't even know what goes on in Puta Gorda. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, dangerous. So the followers, or manservants as she called them, uh, would spend up to 14 hours a day ministering, which is panhandling, <laughs> while oh. Queen Shamia stayed in luxury hotels, including a place called Don Cesar Beach Resort, oh. where they had the $1,200 a night penthouse suite. I want to stay at the Don Cesar. Don <laughs> Fun Cesar. fact, in 1985, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers filmed <gasps> scenes for their MTV documentary Southern Accents on the roof of the Don. Oh my god, oh I my- like recently saw that footage. <laughs> I wish that I That's could have amazing. filmed the double take that Brian just did. <laughs> yeah, 
current going rates for the Dawn are three ninety nine a night, so you can do the math and figure out how much ministering it would take to foot the bill. Especially back then when it was $1,200 a night. And please remember That's to figure a, in the wow. cost of gold headdresses and other golden jewelry befitting huh. a queen. Soon it became clear that ministering was not enough to main, maintain Queen Shmi's luxurious lifestyle. No. So she talked to God, who gave her an instruction. He said, this is the turning of the tables, and Queen Shamia had God's total permission to go plunder the earth. Oh, right. oh, that's what I need. Shamia passed that God. knowledge along to her three men servants. Lawrence Anzaroff, age 19. Ismael Castilla, age 25. And Anthony Menendez, age 21. These are, these are young men. These are young men. Between Indeed. December 31st, 1999 and January 2nd, 2000, Lawrence, Ismael, and Anthony robbed five businesses in Fort Myers, Florida. Oh. Convenience stores, movie theaters, and restaurants, a Cracker Barrel, a Denny's, and a Shoney's. <laughs> they did not use any weapons because they decided, since they were doing this for their queen and for God, they did not want to use any violence, but they decided that pushing and shoving was okay. Okay. And yeah. uh, one of the guys had a bamboo cane. I would rather be pushed and shoved than threatened with a gun. Yeah, That's me true. too. Even me with too. a bamboo Right. It's like, especially since I know that the retail rules are give them all the money right. and don't worry about it. Anyway. So this Le- yeah, legally, it's a good idea, yes. too, you know, because it's not armed robbery. <laughs> no, it's not. It's called strong arm robbery, as we later find oh, out wow. in the legal God. business. Why what not? About, what about strong put robbery? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this crime scene got them $2,652. <laughs> A kettlebelled you right in the puss. Oh, my God. On January 2nd, the son of a sheriff's deputy wrote down a partial license plate number and the make of the car used as a getaway vehicle when a Publix grocery store was robbed. Oh, man. I miss Publix. When police pursued the getaway car, minivan, the driver stopped briefly, rammed a cop car, and tried to flee on foot. (laughs) In the getaway car, cops found a bottle of shampoo from the Sanibel Harbor and Resort Spa. Where they found Queen Shamia and eight kids, ages infant to 13, who were immediately taken into oh, social services. Thank God. Who noted at the time that the kids were not abused or malnourished, but they did genuflect before Bradshaw feed her rubber feet with lotion and carry a Persian rug for her. Oh. Could be worse. Yeah. But still. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know put that up against Tony Alamo. And, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. No. Rochelle said that three of the kids were hers and that the others were given to her by families with histories <gasps> of drug abuse who asked that they care for them at the time. Oh. At the okay. time, Rochelle was wearing a bright blue floor-length gown, a gold head jewel dress covered her forehead, it was matched by a gold crown and a thick necklace along with thick gold bracelets. On January 4th, 2000, two days after the arrest, Rochelle, now reduced to staying at a Salvation Army shelter... <laughs> Now reduced to staying in a <laughs> red roof inn. Now reduced to staying in the Salvation Army shelter. Stood by her manservants and demanded the return of her Stand children. By your manservants. Because everything is totally cool and those kids are fine. I am cooked for. <laughs> I am cleaned for. They do everything for me, not because they're forced, not because they're scared, but because they love me. And regardless of of what my three (laughs) men's servants have been accused of, I am here to represent my father's kingdom, and their love for me is sure. The people that have been accusing us of being gypsies or of being a cult, because this is simply uh, something you do not understand. uh, You do not understand. It was not long before these New Year's crimes were connected to at least 12 other robberies throughout Florida. Wow. Mm. 
Ismael Castilla took a plea deal and testified against Rochelle, saying that she told him to go and take finances. Okay. okay. And put them in my hand. Uh, yes. And Ismael had other problems, too. He said that whenever he was eight, angels took his spirit to God before God. And at that time, he saw Bradshaw as she is now. And uh. he later met her at a shopping mall in Texas. Um a time whenever he was in search of truth and was immediately attracted to her. Yeah. It was love at first sight. He testified. It was like seeing my mother for the first time. Uh, no word on what his common law wife, Christina Garcia and their five kids had to say oh, about Lord. this first um, glimpse of your Rochelle, true soulmate. Thanks, but honey. They were <laughs> along for the ride later. Christine, who by then was going by Narishi was known as a woman servant. No, and wore Whoa, a necklace man. made of Queen Shamia's fingernail clippings. Uh, okay, no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> For the first time in this uh, part of the story, I'm like, okay, no. I do not know. <laughs> At her trial, Rochelle denied all knowledge of the robberies. Is this a tri- I was going to say, is this a trial for the robberies? Okay. Yeah. Um, at her trial, Rochelle denied all knowledge of the robberies. No, she would never use the word plunder or insinuate in <laughs> any way that she wanted them to go out and steal from anybody at any time. Hey, she thought they were out grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> in their Ronald Reagan rubber mask. You were supposed Me, to I be in the library. Shopping. You're Publix. And yes... I mean, she did testify saying that she told her followers that God was angry at the activities of Earth. And yes, she did say it was a time of war. And yes, she said swords needed to be drawn. But she said it was was a a spiritual war, not a physical one. In July 2000, Rochelle was convicted and sentenced to 25 years. Though before the sentencing, she told the judge, God is going to have his way. If prison is where he chooses, I go. I go with a beautiful smile. I have not deceived. I have not lied. I'm Queen Shamia. Okay. All As right, for that's her cool. men's servants, Ismael Castilla served two years in prison because he cooperated with prosecutors. The other two, Lawrence Ansaroff and Anthony Menendez, were found not guilty of the robbery by reason of insanity. Oh. In 2005, Lawrence Ansaroff, who by that time was living in a Fort Lauderdale psychiatric hospital because he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, oh, bless. he went to court to have, like, this is like, like this is the trial where we're like, you yeah. get to move to a, a freer. Right. It's not a yeah. trial trial. It's no. like a hearing. It's we're a like, hearing right. where you need like, more help, so go here. Yeah. No, well, no, it was more like you can go to like the halfway house mm-hmm. so that is Rochelle Denise Bradshaw slash Queen Shamia <laughs> Queen Shamia oh yeah I think I'm gonna award this one a necklace made of fingernail clippings it's a necklace God. made of fingernail clippings I'm, I'm, and you know I'm what that's better than a box full of turds yeah <laughs> precisely yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is <laughs> I'm gonna go a step further and see the, uh, Tiara made of oh, fingernail yeah. clippings <laughs> the full she like, is queen shamia after all ring I mean, necklace tiara belt what is buckle. it called like a perure yes it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> i want a chatelaine <laughs> but i go for a stomach her nail perure that's like a tiara earrings three brooches that break into five brooches that's right that are also uh, uh, necklaces that are also necklaces <laughs> and it's like this one of rep sapphires was presented to Catherine the great <laughs> Look at the necklace. It is the now theater tickets. Platinum and diamond stomacher. But it's just of fingernail clippings. Queen Shimia's corn chip nail tips. 
Oh my god, y'all. I'm having so much fun already. Yay! Yay. So thanks for coming on this wild ride. And with congratulations, us. Queen Shamia. Exactly. Yay. You beat the white supremacists. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. Rightfully it's not like, so. well, there I guess was we never have to a choose Davidians. Nope, 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 nope. I would, I would ha- rather give you a child than go and live in Elohim City, and that is just the truth. 100%. Where no one is vaccinated. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I don't know about Queen Shamia either. But oh, that's... I don't know about that, but <laughs> seriously. Yeah, you know. Oh, well. well, I hope y'all are staying warm or cool, depending on where you live and what season it is. We all talked about time zones this week, so I know all about that stuff. It's true. Uh, uh-huh. 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 And next week, we'll be back with some more crazy shit. We're going to have a special guest next week who's just coming to visit. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you. Madness Madness is hosted by Aaron Byrne and Amanda Clay, with occasional outbursts from Brian Byrne, who is me. Brian Byrne records and edits the show. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please, if you enjoy the show, uh, rate us and leave a review. Leaving reviews helps people find the show. And the more people listen to the show, the more people you'll have to talk about the show with. I mean, just mull that over. You can also listen to us online at madnessmadnesspodcast.com. You can find links to our social media on madnessmadnesspodcast.com. You can email us your thoughts about stuff at madnessmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.